Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Thursday edition. My name is Patrick Allen. Shout out to all of our members who are pouring in right now going to give you guys some time to get going get in the chat and let's talk a little bit of chiefs news breaking like crazy you thought the the draft was over and it was time to just start getting ready for the schedule release and uh you know reading all the terrible draft grades articles except for the one on arrowheadaddict.com of course and the chiefs go and they start shaking things up uh this is the arrowhead attic podcast my name is patrick allen it's just me today um you know, we got a great all-star lineup of guests coming up soon, but today it's just me. You guys are stuck with me. I'm sorry. So we're going to have a nice little conversation. Looking forward to interacting with all of you guys in the chat to help fill the time. Uh, so make sure you hit that like button. If you're watching on YouTube, let's get as many Chiefs fans in here as humanly possible. And let's have a good conversation talking Chiefs. Shout out to Ronald out there. I see my gal Shelby, staunch supporter of the podcast, always can count on on Shelby for uh, for a podcast view, for a like on YouTube, and of course, a retweet now and again. Appreciate you. Um, all right, so let's get into some of this stuff that's going on with the Chiefs right now. Let me pull up yield outline. All right, so um, a couple things we're going to be hitting today. Uh, we got to talk about the draft a little bit. Um, we've got to talk about the Chiefs' new left tackle. The Chiefs signed a new tackle, Donovan Smith, from the much-hated Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get into all of that. And uh, the Chiefs are going to be playing some games in Germany. I want to touch on that. And then at the end of the show, I'm excited for this. It's a new segment we're calling Patty's Power Rankings. And this uh, this week, it's going to be an ongoing segment, I think, if I can get my shit together. Um, Patty's power rankings, threat level AFC. We're going to dive into my top 10 teams in the AFC that I think pose the biggest threat to the Chiefs. We're going to go from 10 all the way down to number one. Uh, shout out to uh, Jerome. Uh, good to see you too, brother. Uh, shout out to Ira. Shout out to my guy, Jay Ward. Um, he says, is Jawan being paid like a left tackle overblown? We're going to get into that, into that in just a sec. All right, so... To start things off, though, let's talk a little bit about the draft. It's in the books. It's over. I mentioned this on the Thursday show last week when I broke into Sterling's house at 4 a.m., but, you know, it was just great. 
Um, I stayed uh, left on Saturday. Was there for for Friday as well. I just again, I want to reiterate this, and I said this on the radio um, uh, this week as well. As as an honorary Kansas Cityan, which is what I consider myself, I was just so jacked up and happy for the city of, of of Kansas City. People from Kansas City are so awesome. They've welcomed me into their fandom as somebody from Ohio who did not grow up there. Uh, I've been welcomed into tailgates at Arrowhead from members of the Chiefs Kingdom. Every time I go to Kansas City, I have the absolute best time uh, eating the barbecue, going and seeing all the sights. It's such a beautiful town. And it was just so awesome to see it kind of like have this big stage for the NFL draft right after winning the Super Bowl. So if you live there, you guys should be so proud when I landed at the airport, I've been to Kansas City many times. Uh, it was so funny looking. The new airport is just absolutely gorgeous. And it was so funny looking across. If you've been in the new airport, it's adjacent to the old airport, which was basically, it looked like a prison um, is what I'm fond of saying. And it was just so cool looking at it because there's a kind of a walkway from one part of the airport to the other. And it's all uh, you know beautiful and glass on either side and it's nice and bright and you can see the old place and they're over there and they're like, there's the bulldozers and other heavy machinery and they're like digging up the, um, the pavement and, and I get the, I don't know what they're going to do with it over there, tear the whole thing down. Um, but the new airport is so great. And when you go to the Super Bowl, if you fly into the Super Bowl city, man, when you land in that airport, you know that you're there for an NFL event. Like, there's signage everywhere, Super Bowl merchandise. It was so cool to fly into to Phoenix this year with the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. And that's what it felt like flying into Kansas City for the draft. You land, it's this beautiful new airport, and there's all the signs, the NFL draft in Kansas City. They had these uh, like these newspapers um, just all about Kansas City. I, I think like the local tourism board put it out. And you could just read about, you know, all this great stuff. And they had a lot of fun, kitschy stuff in there as well. It was great. Um, and 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 when I was downtown for the actual event, it was just absolutely incredible. Everything is, it was beautiful. What a backdrop for an NFL draft. And of course, being in the crowd when Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Heidi Gardner, by the way, Heidi, if you listen to this podcast, I would love to have you on. I'm, you're hilarious. I love you on SNL. Big Chiefs fan. I always brag about you being a Chiefs fan to people, and uh, we'd love to get you on the show. So I'm sure you're an avid Arrowhead Attic podcast listener. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Um, appreciate you, Neil. Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing my best, brother. Um, so just a huge win for Kansas City all around, from soup to nuts, from start to finish, from the, the beginning of the season to the end. What an absolutely incredible year to be from Kansas City, to be a Chiefs fan. And hey, man, hopefully we can keep it going. Um, I, I did see, and I'm sure you guys saw this, there was some soft media member, I think he wrote over at Pro Football Focus at one point, something like that, I can't remember his name, was complaining on Twitter about the Chiefs bringing out the Lombardi. And he was like, that's not what it's about. Don't bring out the Lombardi. You're, you're stealing everybody else's thunder. It's not about the Chiefs. Listen, man. It is about the Chiefs. Like, it is about the city. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, that's what they're called. They are the Kansas City Chiefs. They represent everybody in that region and make a lot of people really proud and bring a lot of people a lot of joy. They have earned the right, this team, 
to stunt on everybody a little bit and bring out the Lombardi based on what they've done over the years. And the city has earned the right to have a few moments during your long ass, incredibly, there are so many boring moments in the NFL draft, especially if you go and you do it in person. Like it's one thing you're watching TV and you're listening to the commentary and stuff like that. And you're messing around on Twitter. Like when you go in person, they have some things in between, but like, there's not like, it's just, you're sitting around waiting for them to come up and read somebody's name off a card for God's sake. The people of Kansas City deserve that. They deserved to see a oh, shout out to, to, to Cole. I see our buddy Cole out there uh, from How About Them Chiefs. Definitely should be subscribed to his channel as well. Um, you know, there, there's just no reason uh, for them not to get to celebrate that. And it was awesome. The crowd went absolutely crazy. It got them jacked up for the rest of the night. Uh, take your victory lap, Kansas City. You've certainly earned it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Um, as far as the Chiefs draft class, I said this on the radio this week as well. I'm not going to grade the whole thing. Um, actually, I will. I'll give, them, I'll give them a B. I gave this grade on the radio uh, with Sterling on Monday night, uh, A10 Sports Kansas City. Who, who we're also partnering with, by the way, more on that later. You know, I just think that it was a solid draft for the Chiefs that we really can't. I didn't think there was kind of an insane value like they've gotten in the past where they got like a guy like Trey Smith in a later round, even though he was a much higher round talent. Um, this was a draft for Kansas City where they had to fill some needs. They attacked those needs. They moved up for some guys that the draft analysts would have projected should have gone later. So you can make an argument about value, but what really ends up mattering in the end of the day is how do these guys perform on the field? If they perform on the field for the Chiefs, uh, then they're going to be valued where the Chiefs took them. If they don't, then maybe they reached for some of these guys that they could have gotten later. We don't know. I don't think this is a draft class where there's clear-cut values like maybe there have been in the past, but to Brett Veach's credit, he had needs. He wanted to fill. He went up there. He got them. And we'll be able to see. For me, the theme of this draft is all about um, the Chiefs betting on their coaching staff. Because that's what they did, right? That's what they did. They, they, they took guys that they think they can coach up. And they were able to take guys that don't necessarily have to play right away. Like Rice, the receiver. He, he doesn't have to come in and play right away. They have a lot of guys who can do what they need them to do this year. If Sky Moore takes the next step, they're going to be fine. He might get some play. He might help out in the way that Sky Moore helped out last year. But remember, the Chiefs aren't a team that that like plays a ton of rookies all the time, even though I know they played a lot last year, particularly on defense. Um, but on the offensive side of the ball, also they, they really like to let these guys come along and marinate and develop. Andy's kind of an old school coach in that way. Sometimes you got to start young guys out of necessity, but the chiefs have such a deep roster and such a talented roster. They don't need to force guys in except for maybe a tackle or so we thought. Um, we're going to get to that in just a second, um, but the Chiefs do have a new tackle. But one last thing before we get to the ad read, and that is that um, 
the offseason schedule is out. So if you're already just, you know, starting to go through Chiefs with the draw, uh, the, uh, the offseason schedule came out today. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, the OTA offseason workouts are May 22nd through the 24th, May 30th through June 1st, and June 6th through the 9th. So we already know Mahomes before the draft was down there working out with everybody for phase one. Um, the OTA, the, those are the organized team activities. I believe those are mostly voluntary. I think that's how that works. Yeah, because because next up comes mandatory minicamp, uh, which is June 13th through the 15th. So you need to be on aerohadatic.com following Matt Connor and the team over there and their coverage because, I mean, we're just a couple, we're just a couple weeks away from that first OTA session. And then you get a second OTA session and then a third in June. And then, boom, it's right into mandatory minicamp. You celebrate the 4th of July. Um, oh, and a rookie minicamp is May 6th through the 8th. Um, so that's in just a couple of days. Uh, hopefully anybody gets hurt. Um, get those rookies in there. Get them rocking and rolling. But it's exciting to know that the NFL has extended its offseason. The schedule release is coming out here in, a, in, in like a week. And so it's just like it's nonstop. You go from the draft, a schedule release, OTAs are happening, and July is just kind of that dead period. But when you get to the end of the July, it's training camp season. Um, all right, everybody. Hey, listen, this is a message for all of you in Kansas. We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users. Deposit and place a $5 or plus wager on any sport and get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets win or lose all you have to do is use the code arrowhead at sign up to redeem use the code arrowhead it's a great way to support the pod and if you don't already have a DraftKings account you can do us a solid by signing up with that code arrowhead and place your first bet new customers only 21 plus and physically present in kansas uh please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522- 4700 valid one offer per customer minimum five dollar deposit and a five dollar wager required rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded see the full terms at draftkings.com keep us in business y'all sign up for DraftKings. bet on some stuff all right um <clears throat> let's get into the big news from this week the chief sign donovan smith from the tampa bay buccaneers uh, he was cut cash reasons, but also was not very good last year. I'm going to get into that. Um, okay, so the reports are, and his contract indicates, that he will start at left tackle for the Chiefs. Now, this is, you know, depending on how closely you've been following the podcast or the news about the Chiefs this offseason, you might be a little bit confused because the Chiefs signed Juwan Taylor. They signed him to a pretty big contract as well. Uh, he's traditionally a right tackle. The news was when they made him that that deal with him, oh, he's going to move over to the left side. The Chiefs were asked about it. They said they believed he was talented enough to make that move. But they kind of left the door open for the fact that maybe he could still play right tackle, but they're comfortable with him, and the plan maybe was for him to be left tackle. When that deal happened, <clears throat> I never really bought it, to be honest with you. I just... I've mentioned it on the podcast. Like I was like, does he have to play left tackle? And, and everybody was like, yeah, well, well, they paid him so much. He's got to be the left tackle. Now, the reason I thought he might still end up at right tackle was I thought the Chiefs were going to move up in the draft. 
to get a tackle or that they were going to try and they may have, we know that they were trying to trade up and a lot of the teams up there just didn't want to play ball with them. So instead uh, I thought the chiefs were like, okay, well we'll move up. Right. And we'll get our left tackle of the future. We'll package all these extra picks that we have. And, you know, if we're able to do that, then we'll just keep Juwan Taylor at right tackle. And we don't really care that we paid him a lot as a right tackle because one tackle positions are very important. We got to protect Patrick Mahomes, but two, we're going to have a guy on a rookie deal starting so we can afford to absorb extra cost at right tackle because we're going to be getting a bargain at left tackle. Well, what ends up happening? The chiefs go through the draft. We all know what happens. They take an edge rusher Felix in the first round. They're not able to move up. And we don't know exactly what would have happened if they were able to move up. So, you know, we talked about this leading into the draft. Brevich has got a plan and he's got plans for his plans and plans for his plans. They've got contingencies. So they probably had one plan going into the offseason that was like, here's the ideal plan. We want to try to get this guy in free agency. We want to try to re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, so on and so forth. But it takes two to tango. You can't trade with teams that don't want to trade with you. You can't force players to re-sign with you. Just all these things that are the Chiefs have to make well-laid plans, but they have to have contingencies. And I think that Brett Feach did have contingencies heading into this draft. And I think one of those contingencies was signing this player to be their left tackle. They knew he was out there. They knew that he was going to be available. Hang on just a second. Having a little technical difficulty here with my mouse. Um, <clears throat> they knew Donovan Smith was, was, was going to be available. Uh, they go through the draft. Obviously, they took a tackle, right? The Chiefs took Wanya Morris at the end of the third round. So a lot of people just assumed when that happened, okay, so Jawan Taylor is moving to left tackle. The Chiefs are going to settle with with putting Morris over on the right side. That's it. That's what we're going with. Hopefully, they can coach him up. Obviously, the Chiefs had other designs. And I think it's smart. One, they need depth along the line because injuries happen. But two... I mean, I don't know about you, but unless they're getting somebody way at the top of the first round, I'm not terribly comfortable with a rookie protecting Patrick Mahomes at, at either tackle spot. You just don't know how that's going to play out. Um, they scout these guys. They do their due diligence. They do their best, but you don't know how they're going to play once they get in the door. So I think it was really smart for Chiefs to, to, the Chiefs to go and get a veteran player. So back to Donovan Smith. Uh, Juwan, Juwan Taylor, it's being reported, is going to stay at right tackle now. That's where he's played his entire career. Just like Donovan Smith has played his entire career at left tackle. Uh, I don't believe there's been official confirmation from the Chiefs on who's playing what yet, but that's, that's what the media is reporting. So what's the deal with Donovan Smith? Not, not a big name, probably not somebody you've been terribly familiar with, but he's been starting for the Bucs for a number of years, including in the Super Bowl that they won. Uh, PFF graded him. This is the bad news. PF grade P pro football focus who look, I know you guys all look, we all have different feelings about pro football focus. It's a tool, right? Take it or leave it, but it's a tool. It's one piece of information that you can consider. They graded him as the 66th best tackle left or right out of 81 tackles last season. Juwan Taylor chiefs, new right tackle was right in front of him at 65th. So for comparison's sake, if you want to compare um, Donovan Smith's year last year to Orlando Brown Jr., Orlando Brown Jr. in the same grading system, PFF, was graded as 19th 
And Andrew Wiley over at right tackle was graded at 59. So in theory, you're going from the 19th best tackle graded PFF to the 66th. And you're going from the 59th graded right tackle to the 65th. So the move from Wiley to Juwan Taylor based on last year, not, not too much of a difference, right? As far as the grades go. Um, but a massive drop off from Orlando Brown Jr. to Donovan Smith. So that's it on paper, but there's more to it. Donovan Smith injured his elbow in like the first game of the season last year. And he was really banged up all season. And it was a pain management issue. So this certainly impacted him. <clears throat> um, now, Pro Football Focus graded him at 58.1 last season. They gave him, that's the the his total, they gave him a 70 pass blocking grade and a just absolutely abysmal 41.5 run blocking grade. Now, if you think about a guy with an, a very painful elbow injury, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it's probably a little bit easier to pass block in that situation and a lot harder to go bull rush people and blow them off the line in the run game. Now, let's let's get one thing out of the way right off the bat. If you look back at the history of Donovan Smith's career and grades from Pro Football Focus, not the best tackle, N not even close. He's 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 not been graded well for the majority of his career by Pro Football Focus. Um, <clears throat> however, if we're giving him a mulligan for last season because he was playing through pain and injury, the season before that in 2022 was his best Pro Football Focus graded season uh, of his career. In 2022, he was graded 83.3 overall. So remember, last season, injured, 58.1. The season before that, healthy, 83.3 overall. His pass blocking grade in 2022 was an 84.7, which is pretty good, compared to 70 for last year. And his run blocking grade was 70 compared to the dreadful 41.5 last year. Um, so he was much more highly regarded and he was closer to the Orlando Brown Jr. like tier of tackle in 2022 than, than he has been for most of his career. In the years prior to 2022, I think his grades were mostly in the 60s. Hold on, I've got it here. Um, yeah, so in 2020... He was graded an overall 71, in 2019, a 70, and in 2018, a 66. So if you look at his grades, they, they kind of went up every year. And then he kind of made a big jump in 2021 to 83, uh, and then just had the just completely forgettable, horrible, no good season last year. So look, is this guy going to be a world beater for the Chiefs? Probably not. He's probably never going to be in his career, but he's still young enough that with some good coaching, the system, keep in mind the quarterback that he's going to be playing in front of as well. Patrick Mahomes helps out a lot. I mean, he's Tom Brady is a, basically was a statue those last few years in Tampa Bay. He was good at getting the ball out. Um, but again, I'm not saying that this is a slam dunk pickup by any means, uh, but I'm saying... Last year, he was, I think we would be happy with, if he performed like he did in 2022, let me, let me know in the chat what you think. If if Donovan Smith performed at the, at the way that PFF graded him in 2022, 
next year, would you be happy with that as a one-year deal? So um, he got one year, $9 million from the Chiefs. Um, so that is, he's the starter, okay? Um, the other issue with him is, as you guys let me know, if you'd be happy with his 2022 production in 2023, um, not, not 2022, you guys know what I mean, two years ago. Before the injury season. Um, the other issue with this guy is penalties. He had 12 penalties last year. That was tied for the fourth most uh, in, in 2022. So not good. Uh, you're not looking for that. Uh, he, and he allowed six sacks. Um, not good. In 2021, he had eight penalties. This is the good season. He had eight penalties and he only allowed one sack. So you mean you can see the difference here. Um, that's the scary thing for me is the penalties because there's only two things that can stop Patrick Mahomes and it's it's bad penalties and bad blocking. And the scary thing for me about this signing of Donovan Smith is if he plays like he did last year, we have the potential for both of those things on the Chiefs offensive line, which is not good. Um so let's see what you guys think. Uh, Bumpa says the penalties are crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Stacy says, uh, whether you trust, trust my opinions are irrelevant to the question of whether or not you trust and trust or not. Andrew Wiley is a good tackle. Andrew Wiley, Wiley was solid. I think um, Stacy says the fact that he got a modest deal does not equate him uh, to be amazing in Kansas city. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you, you do have to, to pay a certain premium for a certain position group. Jay Ward says, I trust Veach over any fans. Fans are much more negative towards their own team than anyone else. Fair point. That's true. We get worked up. It happens. Um, Luttrell says, yes, happy with the signing. Would be happy if he plays to that level. Um, uh, John Jones says, how do you not mention Eric Stone Street instead of Heidi Gardner? Uh, yeah, Eric Stone Street you know, talented guy. I'm not a big, I, I'm not a big modern family guy. So, you know, I haven't seen Eric Stone street and, and a ton of stuff, but I, I like SNL and I like, I like Heidi Gardner. I just think she's hilarious. Um, uh, 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 Spence says, um, Andy Reed will coach him up. I love the depth. Yeah. I think that's the thing here. Um, Oh, John says this was the dumbest thing Veach has done. Wow. Tell us more, John. Uh, want to hear more of your thoughts on that. Um, uh, Jesus, yeah, I did mention the money is nine million. So the thing about the deal that's sort of like, huh, geez, is it really just eats away at the remaining cap space of the Chiefs? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they they have a couple million left, maybe once it all shakes out. Um, they could extend Chris Jones or figure all that out. There's always there's ways for them to create more cap space, but you know, the dreams, anybody having dreams that the Chiefs would bring back Frank Clark, things of that nature, probably you know, not going to happen at this point. Um, this was the big move that they needed to make, but, but unless they were going to trade somebody like trade somebody for somebody better than Donovan Smith, here's what I like about this move going into this. You're banking on a rookie right tackle competing with, with Lucas Nyang and, and you're moving Juwan Taylor from a position he's played his entire NFL career to left tackle. 
I just don't love. I just don't love that scenario. I mean, I trust the Chiefs, and I, like I said, this draft was about the Chiefs trusting their coaching staff, and they have a heck of a coaching staff, particularly on the the, the offensive line. But like, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes back there, chance to win a Super Bowl. I'd like some more assurances, and I think this is a move that gets the Chiefs that. Now they can go in and they can say, "Here's the plan." Donovan Smith's our left tackle. Jawan Taylor is our right tackle. Jawan Taylor, I think, is still a potentially ascending player. So I really like that signing, actually. If they can coach him up and he fits better in their system, maybe than he did in Jacksonville's, that's all good news. And now you've got Wanya Morris, who everybody says has he needs seasoning and he's inconsistent, but he has all of the tools to be a really strong tackle in the league. So whether they end up having them at right or left, that's good news. Because what this move does is it potentially buys you time. If you believe that Donovan Smith is healthy, here's a guy who was left tackle for Tom Brady, won a Super Bowl. So you know he can get the job done. He's coming in. It's a one-year move. It gives you the flexibility to, to coach up Wanya. And look, man, if Wanya seems like he's ready, I, I think the Chiefs will put him out there. Or they'll at least rotate him in and he can be a swing tackle for them. Um, but now you have this insurance policy and a veteran who's played thousands and thousands of snaps for one of the best quarterbacks in the league and has won a Super Bowl as part of that team. He's going to have the championship pedigree, uh, championship mentality. Those are all good things for the Chiefs. They say he's healthy. He has to be because he was a disaster for Tampa Bay last year, played through pain. I do like the toughness of it, of playing through the pain. And if you watched the Bucks at all last year, and I did because I had Tom Brady on one of my fantasy teams, their offense was just, it was just all wrong. Like it was just a disaster last year. And don't forget about the Chiefs coaching factor, the Patrick Mahomes factor, he's mobile, and the Andy Reid factor. Andy's great at scheming offense. He's an offensive line guy. He knows how to make things easier on his offensive line. That doesn't mean that he can just you know throw me out there and put me at left tackle and everything's just going to be fine. That she's going to win the Super Bowl, but you know this guy is even if maybe he played like one last year because of the injury, he's not a bum. So hopefully this is a scheme fit. It's a depth fit for the Chiefs, and all they've got to do is get through this year. This is a one year deal, so this buys them some more time, and I. And some of you have, have have mentioned this in the chat. How do you not trust this coaching staff? How do you not trust this GM after three Super Bowls in five years and two championships? You have to. So it doesn't mean it's going to work out. They've made mistakes before. They've they've let themselves get shallow at positions before, and it's cost them. But I like this move. With your remaining cap space, as much as I'd have liked to have seen Frank Clark come back, the offense, as my as my good friend Matt Verderham is always always uh, fond of saying. If Mahomes is upright, they're going to the playoffs. Well, the biggest threat that the Chiefs had going into this season was that Mahomes might not be upright. So if this was the best option available to them, and maybe it wasn't, I don't know, maybe they could have traded for somebody, but if this was the best option available to them, it's a pretty good option. It's a veteran guy, still pretty young. I think he's 29. If he's healthy, he can come in. Hopefully he can contribute right away and allow you to develop the, the young tackle that you just invested a third round pick in. And if all goes well, maybe maybe Wanya's your, your starting left tackle next season, 
and you got Juwan Taylor over on the right side. The other thing that Chiefs have, the the and I mentioned this on uh, I think Thursday's podcast last week, they have the break glass in case of emergency of moving Joe Tooney to left tackle if they absolutely had to. Um, and and in kicking somebody else into to the guard spot, and I think they've got plenty of depth there. So that's something that you've got to think about as well. KCDC says erase the elbow, and the dude is solid, and uh, will be a coach on the field for the rookies. Love the pickup. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with you. The, the elbow injury certainly like he was as bad as he's been, at least based on the PFF grades in his entire career last year, like kind of by a lot. So. You had, you know, Brady was getting over the hill. The offense wasn't quite the same. New coach, like all that stuff that was going on in Tampa Bay. Plus he's hurt. They couldn't run the football last year. Now you could argue that his dreadful run blocking grades throughout his career are part of the reason why, but they couldn't run the football. It was just, the offense just didn't work. They weren't good all year long. They were chucking the ball a ton. Brady was dropping back. Like it just, it was a bad situation. He's coming into a good situation and situation matters. Situation matters. He's going to be playing next to Joe Tooney, a really great interior offensive line. The Chiefs are extremely strong there, so it's not going to be all on him. And, of course, the Chiefs brought back Jet McKinnon, so he's going to have him back there as well, potentially being able to provide support sometimes in the pass-blocking situation. So we'll see how it all works out, man. I, I tell you what, I like it better than I like the, I like the offensive line situation better now than I liked it when I woke up yesterday. Um, Stacy says no reason for anyone to jump out of a window, but I don't think questioning Donovan Smith constitutes jumping out the window. Definitely not. There, there is a lot to be worried about with Donovan Smith and a lot to rightfully question. And if it doesn't work out, you that's on Brett Veach. You know, he knew the situation with Orlando Brown Jr. could have franchised him again. You know, so like for all we, we got to give Brett Veach his flowers. He's awesome. He's a friend of the show. Great GM probably the best in the league but this is one of those big like better be right you know you better be right on this guy you better be right on your plan for the offensive line this year because every year with Patrick Mahomes is another chance to bring another championship to Kansas City you don't want anything to happen to Pat that's the most important thing so we'll find out Uh, I always worry when an executive or a coach has the success that Brett Veach has had and that like Andy Reid has had is hubris, right? And I'm not saying that these guys have, but like that's going to create like anybody. If you're really good at something and you succeed at it almost all the time, your biggest, you know, your biggest worry is is hubris, is that you get a little bit too full of yourself, a little bit too confident in your abilities. And you're like, I don't need to sign this guy. I'm always going to be able to find somebody in the draft. I'll always be able to make a move and I'll shake and, and we'll be fine. That's the big worry, right? Is that he just, got a little too confident and not fear is a good thing. Like a, like a healthy amount of fear and, and cautiousness is a good thing. Uh, and I would, I would be terrified all the time if I was the chief's GM about the offensive line. So um, it, it, look, it'll land on Brett Veach's lap if this doesn't work out, but I've got a lot of belief in him and this coaching staff. I think the chiefs are going to be okay. Uh, Joshua says that's how CEH happens. Yeah. You know, and that was still earlier in the Brett Veach era. And like, let's, Let's be honest. It's not like the 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 CEH pick was like a total disaster. I mean, it's not like he's a garbage player averaging two yards a, a carry, but injuries, his actual performance, not 
not one of the finer moments of the draft for the Chiefs, for sure. Um, all right, let's let's move on here. Um, uh, just really quickly, though, before we do, uh, you guys know we got swag, right? If you want to get swagged out, we got you covered. The Arrowhead Attic merch store is now live, and you can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description below. We've got everything from shirts to hoodies to beach towels. I'm going to the beach, by the way, in just a couple of days. I'm fired up. I'll tell you guys about it. Um, and uh, even sweet pint glasses to drink your beer from. So um, here's the catch. Uh, we got a super super secret promo code, and it's for this week's listeners only. We do this every week. Uh, if you use the code CTCRUNCH, that's like cinnamon toast crunch, CT crunch. You know, this is a, a, a serial podcast where we sometimes talk about football. You'll get 20% off your order today and make sure to use it fast because it expires by Sunday. So rep the podcast uh, and have uh, save a bit of money while you're at it. We truly appreciate it. Sports show helps us bring in more guests, hosts, extra shows, live events, all that stuff. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, by the way, shout out to my guy, Bump Up BB uh, for the super chat. Uh, said we just reset the right tackle market. Eh, I mean, whatever, man. You gotta do what you gotta do, right? Um, they gotta, they gotta protect Patrick Mahomes. And uh, again, we're gonna see how it shakes out. That will land on Brett Veach's lap. Uh, I'm confident. I feel good. All right. So, quick scheduling note: the Chiefs are gonna play in Germany this year. Now we knew that, um, but interestingly enough, there was a report that they're gonna play in Germany for the next two seasons. So they're going to be, I believe, in Frankfurt this year playing the Bears. And I think what I read was that they're going to be in Munich the following year against the Panthers. So I want to ask you guys, so one of those is going to count. I think they're the away team this year, I think is how it works. Um, so one of those is, is going to be a home game for the Chiefs. How do you feel about that? Let me know in the chat. Sound off. By the way, if you're watching on youtube do me a favor hit that like button let's get a bunch of chiefs fans in here to talk football with us but let me know what you think about the uh the germany games are you guys is anybody planning on going to to germany to check these games out um i would love to i've never been to germany uh i have a lot of german ancestry um you know my background i love beer they've got beer i love brats they've got brats um, so I definitely would love to go out there and check out Germany. Um, I'm sure that somebody will do like some big chiefs that like where you can buy like a package and go to the game. I imagine the tickets would be expensive, right? Now the chiefs are one of the few teams that they're, they have the German market. So there's likely a lot of chiefs fans there because the games get aired there all the time. Uh, let's see what people are saying. Timo says as a German, I think it's great. And I just hope I can get my hand on a ticket. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, Ronald says, makes me think about visiting Germany. By the way, where's angry, drunken German? Our, our one of our, one of our followers here, he's always in here. I can't recall if I know or knew whether or not he's actually angry and drunk in Germany or just angry and drunk somewhere else, but German. Um, Pumpa says, Germany is a great place to go unless you somehow accidentally tra time travel into the 30s. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, yeah, I think I think it'd be great. I'd love to try to get out there for one of these games, take a little vacation. Maybe I can get work to pay for it. Gonna have to gonna have to twist a lot of arms on that one, but um, would love to get out there and drink some uh, some of that German beer and and check it out. Um, football in Germany. What more could you like? Um, Latrell says was not in Germany last. I remember that's a bummer. 
I want my angry drunken Germans in Germany. Uh, but anyway, I wonder where he's at. I hope he's all right. He's usually here. Um, Bumpus says in all seriousness, Germany is great to go to. Uh, oh, Timo says I've talked to him before and he's not actually German, but has German ancestors that are, are based around 40 kilometers away from me. Oh, interesting. Very cool. Um, all right. So that's exciting. I don't love the fact that they're going to do those back-to-back games out there. Um, but you know, we'll see how the schedule shakes out. And by the way, that's, that's coming. Uh, the schedule is going to be out on May, not 7th, the 11th. I think it's the 11th, um, which is just a couple of days before my birthday. So that's going to be coming out. You need to check out arrowheadaddict.com. We'll have the live coverage. We'll have leaks all throughout the day. You know, that always happens. Like, um, you know, that just people start tweeting like, oh, Monday night football. And this is and the opener is going to like the Chiefs will be playing in the opener because they're the Super Bowl winners. Um, so, you know, you can look at the schedule now and you can start making predictions on like who are the Chiefs going to play in the in opening game. And the rumor is they're going to play the Bears in Germany. Um, so it's going to be. You know, it's going to be interesting. Schedule releases one of my favorite times of year. It's like Christmas morning. I don't know why. We know who they're playing already. In fact, I know Matt Connor is working on a piece right now. He's going to predict like every every game, and then he's going to release that like right when the schedule drops, and we know the actual order, uh, as is all of our fan-sided sites. Um, but it's just a lot of fun. It's kind of cool seeing when are the primetime games going to be or are they playing on a holiday, like all that stuff. You can start making plans if you're, if you're going to go to Kansas City for a game if, you're not, if you don't live there uh, or even if you do, like which games do you want to go to, making predictions. Like it's just so much fun. It really gets me jacked up for the season. So I'm not going to be around for the schedule release because I'm going to Cancun, y'all. We are leaving in just a couple of days. Um to, to go to Cancun. Patty's taking a vacation. Long Me, just like all the NBA players who are out of the playoffs and, and you know, the Chargers, they've been down in Cancun since, since that embarrassing playoff loss. Uh, th- this is the time to go. You know, once the draft is over, those of us who, who cover the NFL a little bit, it's a great time to get out of the country, go get some sun. Uh, I only have two colors, white and red. So when I get back uh, in a couple of weeks, you'll probably see me, uh, uh, the lobster, version of of patrick but um super excited it's been a, a long year uh especially with you know when, when the chiefs go to the super bowl man like that just extends things out even more for us i mean i'm not complaining but uh looking forward to getting a breather so i won't be here next week i don't know who will i've asked them to do a show for me uh in my in my in my stead um but uh not sure who's going to be here but we got some great guests coming up vertoram is going to be back on the show later in may I want to say the, I'll let you know. It's going to be the 20th, April 20th. Uh, no, sorry. That was, that was April, uh, June, May, May 18th, May 18th is very I didn't write it down. Um, so he'll be back on the show. We'll hear his thoughts on the draft and all that stuff. Okay. The moment you've all been waiting for is here. Uh, but first I want to let you know, if you want to become an Arrowhead Attic member, hang out with us in the discord, check out the link in the description. That's where you can find all the information for the merch store and all that stuff. Um, it's, uh, we've got a great community of chiefs fans here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast, and, um, you can support the show in that way and become a member of that community by, we've got three different levels. You can get a, a, a free newsletter written by our guy, Adam Best, one of our co-hosts here. There's a level, uh, one of our most popular levels, where you get access to the Discord, where you can chat with me and the other Arrowhead Addict hosts and just talk ball. 
It's great. There's all kinds of channels in there. We talk movies, beer, all that fun stuff. Uh, and if you want to join the, join the highest level and get in the ring of honor, um, God bless you. If you do, we, you guys support us so much. You get your name and the credits of the show. You're basically a producer. Um, and after a certain amount of time, you get some, some free arrowhead addict swag. I think the t-shirts just went out for the people. Once you, once you reach a certain, uh, number of, uh, months as a member. So check that out. Uh, Sean says, when you go to Mexico, pay as you go, stay in motels and drink like a Viking. <laughs> yeah, man, no, I'm going to a resort. Um, I am not leaving the resort. I don't think, and I'm just going to just, I'm starting. So my vacation starts actually funny enough, right after this podcast, I'm closing the laptop. I'm not going to open it again. Uh, and, and I'm done and I'm out of here for the next 10 days. So very much looking forward to it. Um, just going to lay on the beach, man. Just get that sun uh, and, and enjoy the resort. Um, going to a resort I've never been to, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Bumpus says, meet the Bengals there. Dude, I'll be looking for Joey Burrow. Uh, actually, he might be at this resort that I'm going to because this resort has a cigar lounge, which I'm going to be spending time in. And we all know Joey Burrow likes to smoke his cigars after he hasn't won anything, like a divisional playoff game. Um, so Latrell says, nudist resort, no, bro. Um, no, I'm married and uh, my wife would not go for that. And also like, let's be honest, like how much would I have to pay to get into a nudist resort? Cause as a minute I walk in that place and take off my clothes, the whole place is going to clear out. So they're going to lose all kinds of money. Nobody needs it. Um, all right. New segment alert. I'm jacked up about this one. Uh, I don't know why, I guess, cause it's got my name on it. It's, uh, it's Patty's power rankings. We can rank all kinds of things and we're going into the off season. So you better believe we're going to be ranking cereal, Girl Scout cookies, all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Um, but the big exciting one here is uh, if you're an office fan, you'll get this reference. Uh, Patty's power rankings, threat level AFC. So what I've done is I've gone through the AFC 10 to one. Who are the teams that I think pose the biggest threat to the chiefs this season? Um, all right. So number 10, I actually ranked all the teams in this. And number 10, these are the no threats, okay? I'm not worried about these teams at all, uh, not very much at all. They're not a threat to the Chiefs going into the next season. Uh, you got the Broncos, the Raiders, the Texans, the Colts, the Titans, and the Patriots. Look, none of these teams worry me in the slightest. They've all got a little bit of talent, but they're also all deeply flawed. I think, uh, you know, obviously, look, the Texans are a construction site right now, and they got a rookie quarterback, even though it's my guy, CJ Stroud. Um, the Colts have no quarterback again. Uh, the Titans are, are in a mini rebuild. Tannehill, you know, the Titans can be tricky, but like Tannehill's going to have Will Levis like breathing down his neck all season, and that's usually a recipe for disaster. I respect their head coach and, and, and their defensive toughness. They just play tough all around. They always give the Chiefs problems, but I just don't think they're doing anything in 2023. Uh, the Broncos, I'm not worried about. I think Russell Wilson's toast. Sean Payton, you know, we've never really seen him without Drew Brees. Like, maybe he can get more out of Russell Wilson. But, look, Wilson wasn't playing that well even back at the end of his days in Seattle, and I think Pete Carroll knew how to use him. And I just think he's such a weirdo that I honestly think Sean Payton's going to end up hating him. And I think they're going to end up hating each other. Like, I think at this point, Russell Wilson is who he is. And like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but like, he's just a weird guy. There's all kinds of weird stories out there about him and his office and all this stuff. So like, I just, 
I just don't see him and Sean Payton's personalities gelling. I don't know these guys. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll get along great and and they'll work really well together. But um, I just, yeah, Tom Hood says the Broncos might not be that bad with Sean Payton. I just, yeah, I like, we'll see. We'll see. It's one of those situations where it could work out or it could be a spectacular disaster. And I'm betting on spectacular disaster. I just think, I just think Wilson is who he is at this point. And he's just, I think those two are going to clash. Uh, the Raiders look, I mean, the Raiders are starting Jimmy G. That's all you need to know. Um, I'm always a little worried about the Patriots just because of Belichick, but I, I just don't think Mac Jones is the guy. Uh, I think their best use to the Chiefs this season is to trip up some of the more talented AFC East teams and make it harder for them to uh, get that number one seed. All right, so that's number 10. Number 10, Broncos, Raiders, Texans, Colts, Titans, and Patriots. Number nine. And let me know in the chat what you guys think of my rankings. I'm curious. I'm sure you're not going to agree with the order, um, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Number nine, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, look, the Steelers have a young offensive core and I think one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Mike Tomlin always finds a way to keep the Steelers in the mix, even in the worst of circumstances. And uh, I think if his quarterback, his young quarterback, can take a step forward this season, I expect the Steelers to be back in the playoffs. I'll be honest with you. And I think they could give the Bengals some headaches soon. But they're at number nine because it's like, does the quarterback take a step forward? But I think that all the elements are there. Uh, class organization, run really well, stability, a head coach, just all he does is win, wins, wins, wins. Even when they've got terrible, you know, Mason Rudolph, he finds a way to eke into the playoffs or, or be right on the edge of making the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to take the step if their quarterback does. That's what it comes down to. Um, Ron, Ronald says Steelers sneaky good if Pickett plays solid. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we'll see how it goes. Number eight is the Cleveland Browns. I, I could have swapped the Browns and the Steelers in this one, um, but, the, but the reason, I mean, I'll tell you the reason why. You know, the, the Browns could end up being the worst team in this division, uh, but they also could make a sneaky run. Remember, this is a team that went 7-10 and 10 last season with Jacoby Brissett starting majority of the games. It just all comes down to Deshaun Watson, and uh, you know, he's the reason they made this list at number eight. right? Like When I'm comparing the Steelers, better coach, you know, better organization by mile. But like if Deshaun Watson is the old Deshaun Watson during his Texan days, like he was not good at the end of last season when he got in there. Um, He was not good, but like the dude hadn't played football in a long ass time. So if his play returns to the level of the Texans days, like I think the Browns have enough talent to make some noise, but that's a big if there's a lot going on. Um, Yeah. I'm not even talking about, you know, Deshaun Watson's scumbag off the field behavior, but just like from a pure football perspective, you know, uh, they've got Chubb, like there's some talent on that team. They won seven games last year. They beat the Bengals. They seem to have their number. Like if he returns to form, you got to go with the quarterbacks. Right. And I, that's why I put them ahead of the Steelers. Um, I'm just hoping both of those teams, the Steelers and the Browns, give the Bengals a shit ton of problems. Like, I don't care if they make the playoffs, but I want them to, you know, if they can each steal a game from the Bengals, that would be fantastic. Okay, number seven. So we've got nine Pittsburgh Steelers, eight Cleveland Browns, uh, threat level AFC. Number seven, I got the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, uh, you know, they, they looked ready for prime time last season before Tua's head injury der- derailed their season uh, and potentially to his career. 
obviously the most important thing is that he's safe and, and doesn't suffer long-term damage here. Um, but uh, I think uh, Miami is another big question mark. I, you can put them in the bucket if we were tiering these of the Browns and, and the Steelers, but I think they're a little bit ahead of those teams. They've got some really explosive offensive talent, obviously got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Um, so, you know, it's, but it's just a big question mark in the AFC. If Tua can stay healthy, they could potentially be a team that the Chiefs are going to play them in the regular season, I believe. It could be a, uh, it could be a team that the Chiefs run into. Bumpa says Dolphins should be way higher. Yeah, man, I, it's just like it all comes down to Tua. Like if they don't, if he, what if he gets another concussion, God forbid, or just isn't the same? Like you just don't know. We didn't, the sample, they were so explosive and they looked exciting, but we've seen teams be that way before and then fizzle out at the end of the year. So like, we just don't know. Like we don't, we didn't get a large enough sample size of the Dolphins last year to know who they really are, but we're going to find out. But th- there's, there's talent there. Uh, KCDC says Miami with a quarterback could be scary. I agree. Number six, the New York Jets. Obviously, the Jets went all in on Aaron Rodgers this offseason, trading up uh, for the multi-time MVP and Super Bowl champion from Green Bay. New York's got a strong defense, led by Sauce Gardner and a dynamic weapon and second-year wide receiver from the Ohio State University, my guy Garrett Wilson. Look, Rodgers was not he was not good last season. Um but I think the talent is still there with Rodgers. Like, he doesn't look washed to me. Um, so, remember, it's easy to be like, oh, well, he wasn't, he's done. He's over the hill because he's old. Remember what Tom Brady played like in his last season in New England? And then he leaves and he goes to a team with better talent and he beats the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and has like a ridiculous year. So, um, you know, I, I think the Chiefs would be foolish to overlook the Jets this season. Uh, you know, again, I've got them at number six here on the threat level. So it's because they're getting Rodgers, right? Otherwise, they would be in the Pittsburgh-Cleveland tier of potential threats. But you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, some t- talent on defense, a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he plays well and brings those receivers along, he could elevate that team. When we're talking about a threat to the Chiefs or supremacy, this could be a team that they run into in the playoffs, probably in the divisional round or the wild card round that, you know, could be a, a, a mild threat. But remember, we're only at six here, so we got a way to go. Um, all right, number five, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I could have flip-flopped the, the Jets and Ravens as well. I, look, they've been decimated by injuries the last couple of years. Uh, but when Lamar Jackson's on the field, these guys are a tough out, and they win a ton of regular season games. They're definitely no longer the kings of the AFC North, um, and they face much stiffer competition within their division now. Could be potentially one of the toughest divisions in football if if the Steelers and Browns take the step. Uh, but look, they're, they've got talent. They have a veteran coach who's won Super Bowls, and they have a player that's as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. They could return to the playoffs in 2023. They just, you know, I, L- Lamar is is not one of the top, top guys, but he's so dynamic, and they win a ton of games with him you're almost guaranteed to see them in the playoffs unless the injuries get to them again. So, you know, uh, that's why it's going to be tough, man. With Lam- If Lamar stays healthy and the Browns and the Steelers, that AFC North is going to be a dogfight, man. Um, Lamar probably, you're right, Lucas, he probably can't stay healthy, but, you know, he has won enough games in the past to get them into the playoffs. So for me, based on his history and the coaching and some of the talent over there, that puts them ahead of the New York Jets for me in the threat level to the chiefs. Uh, Sean says Ravens will be good. Not great, but good. A motivated Lamar will be interesting to watch. Um, 
Jay Ward says Lamar's a top five quarterback with weapons. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, just because of the way that the position has has blossomed in the last few years, but you can make an argument. He can be very, very, very effective. Um, I don't like playing them, so I'll tell you that much. All right, number four. So just to recap, nine was Pittsburgh Steelers, eight was the Browns, seven was the Dolphins, six was the New York Jets, five was the Baltimore Ravens. Number four is the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I was loath to rank the Chargers this high, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, Justin Herbert's an extremely talented quarterback, and Los Angeles always gives the Chiefs their best shot. I would have ranked the Chargers lower, uh, but the mere fact that the Chiefs have to play them twice, that elevates their threat level for me for these rankings. Um, but, you know, that said, I assume the Chargers are going to charge her until proven otherwise. I'm more confident that they'll go nine and eight than I am that they'll make the playoffs. But the fact that they they know the Chiefs so well, they always give the Chiefs their best shot. They have a talented quarterback. Um, you know, those things, again, we're, remember, we're talking about not necessarily power rankings, but threat level to the Chiefs. I didn't want to play them in the playoffs last year. And the Chiefs eked by both games against those guys. I didn't want to play them a third time. So there, those are the elements that, for me, quarterback, Knowing that knowing the Chiefs personnel really well, always giving the Chiefs their best shot, that elevates their. I get more worried about a team like that than I do about you know some of the other teams that are on this list lower than the Chargers. But again, Chargers are always going to Charger until proven otherwise. So we'll see. But I am I was much more glad to play the the Jaguars last year in the playoffs than have to try to take on the Chargers for a third time. Okay, number three, just mentioned them, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team, uh, they're on the upswing. And Tom Hood, you're right. Herbert's never won a big game. Like he hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. But when you think about the games that the Chiefs lost to the Bengals over the years, and the Bengals are like, they're thumping their chest. Ah, we're better. Like those were toss-up games. And the, and the Chiefs have a lot of those types of games with the Chargers. The reason they get over the hump is because of Andy and Pat. But like they're close in talent level to the Chiefs, they know the Chiefs personnel well. Yes, Mark, the Jaguars. Jaguars number three, um, and here's why. Now, again, not just straight-up power rankings. I think that some of these teams below the Jaguars are better teams than the Jaguars. But remember what the title of this list is. It's about the threat level to the Chiefs. The Jaguars are on the upswing. Trevor Lawrence is living up to his pre-NFL hype now that he doesn't have an absolute twit for a head coach. And... uh, like they're clear in a way, the most talented team in their division. Um, they have a Super Bowl winning head coach now, and they just play in the AFC's worst division. So don't be surprised if they sweep their division and land themselves a high seed in the AFC playoffs, and that makes them a threat to the Chiefs. So, like you might think, right, that the Jets or the Dolphins or the Ravens are better than the Jaguars. But the Jaguars, if if Trevor Lawrence takes another step forward this year and, and Doug Peterson's program there takes takes another step forward, they could easily sweep their division. The, the Texans are, are bullshit. The Colts don't have a quarterback. Like, they could easily sweep their division. They could be one of these teams that has a really good record but isn't necessarily as reflective of the talent level which means that makes them more of a threat to the Chiefs 
than a team that is going to have to struggle to make the playoffs because they're in a super competitive division, right? So, you know, it depends on what you think about the Jaguars, but they've got some nice players over there. I think they've got a good new program. And I think quarterback who's going to be talked about as one of the better ones in the league soon. So, you know, if, 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 if you took the Jaguars and you threw them in the AFC North, they would be way down. They might not even be on this list for me, but that's where they're at. Um, because of because of their division. They're going to win a lot of games this year. They're going to win a lot of games. And the Chiefs might run into them in the playoffs again. Uh, so that makes them a threat. Number two, it's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they've been inconsistent and suffered uh, extremely embarrassing loss to the Bengals in last year's playoffs, which was hilarious. Uh, but I, I just think Josh Allen and company will bounce back this season. I think the main problem facing them, honestly, is the arrival of Aaron Rodgers in the AFC East. I think the Bills still win the East, but I think the Jets could muck up the Bills' quest to land that number one seed, making them not quite as much of a threat to the Chiefs as they would be if things had been how they were a few years ago where you know the Patriots weren't any good, the Jets were garbage, the Dolphins were garbage, and they could just, again, cruise to the one seed much in the way that I think the Jaguars are going to, to cruise to a high seed because of their division. Um, so uh, Mark Johnson says, Josh Allen is still my favorite quarterback after Mahomes, and I have a lot of confidence he'll bounce back. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a terrible season for him. He's just, what does Nick Wright call him? He calls him like Magic Mountain because he's up and down. Consistency is a problem for him, and it was big time last year and for that team, and it ended up costing them. Um, it's going to be really, those are maybe one of the most interesting teams to watch this year. They could take a step back forward, or they could take a step back with more competition in the division. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out, but he's talented. He's dynamic, you know, as a, as a runner, uh, a really good passer rocket arm. So I expect them to bounce back. I still think there's a clear drop off after the chiefs, Bengals and bills and the rest of the AFC. We'll see how the season plays out, but uh, until further notice, I, I think there's a, there's a clear top tier in the, in the AFC. And I think, I think the Bills are they're on the edge of it. Um, but that's just because the Bengals and Chiefs are so good. Stacy says the AFC East will be tougher with Rogers' arrival, but the North will be as well with a healthy Lamar Jackson and a rusty and a less rusty Deshaun. Yeah. And and again, that's why, Stacy, that's why I'm so high on the Jaguars. Because I'm looking at these other divisions and I'm like, I'm actually really excited about the Chiefs because if they can just deal with the Chargers, I'm not really worried about the Broncos and Raiders. I think th- this could be. The Chiefs have a tough schedule, though. So just buying, just in general, and being a first place team. But th- there's a, I think that if the Chiefs can take care of their business, they have an easier road to the one seed than maybe they had last year, um, because these other teams are going to be facing a lot more competition. All right, number one, of course, you might have guessed it, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, of course, it's the Bengals. I don't like it. I don't like them. But they've got the second best quarterback in the NFL and Joe Burrow. He's the only quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs other than Tom Brady. Cincinnati still has that downright terrifying offensive attack with Higgins and Boyd and Chase. Uh, still, though, all that said, getting back to the AFC Championship game for a third straight year is going to be tough for the Bengals. As I mentioned many times throughout this podcast, the AFC North is improving as is the rest of the conference. I think the Bengals are in for a dogfight, man, and the AFC North. I really do. I still think they win it, but the question is, at what cost? How many games does it cost them 
do they drop one to the Ravens? Do they, you know, could I could see a situation where where the Bengals lose a game each to the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens because that division could be so competitive. The Browns beat them last year with Jacoby Brissett, and they swept them the year before that. There's some things that the Browns do with Kevin Stefanski and running the football that has given the Bengals fits. Now, the Bengals got hot at the end of last season, and they took care of the Browns with Deshaun Watson. But you could see a situation, at least I can, where they lose to all three of those teams, and they still got to play the Chiefs. they got to play the the first-place schedule. Um, So it's going to be a tough road for the Bengals, they played a lot of football over the last few years. It's easy to think that they'll just be back every year because like the Chiefs are back every year. But it's so damn hard to do what the Chiefs have done, to be in five straight AFC championship games and host them. It's just bananas. But they have like maybe the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the greatest coaches of all time. Sean's right. Bungles are susceptible at left tackle. Hilarious. Taking a shot at Orlando Brown Jr. Um Ronald says the Bengals lost their safety tandem. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how things are going to play out. A lot of people, but just be careful because a lot of people were predicting the Chiefs' demise last year because of all the changes that they have, and it didn't work out that way. Um, uh, oh, uh, Chiefs Kingdom 710. Hey, Patrick, it's uh, it's all of, all of Akbar here. Uh, what, what did you think about the draft setup in Union Station? I thought it was beautiful. Like I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Just I talked about it a lot at the top of the show, so if you came in late, go back and listen to it. It was great. Um, the only thing that sucked was you couldn't get a goddamn Uber or a ride at all, and I had to pick up my credential, and my Uber dropped me off on like the wrong side and because they had a bunch of streets shut off, and I had to walk like two miles around down there to get my credential to get in, which was super frustrating. Um, Jay Ward says, I would bank on the Chiefs making another Super Bowl uh, than I would the Bengals making it to another AFC championship. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's really, really hard to do it. You just get tripped up. Um, you know, there's there's a scenario where the Chiefs don't make it back to the AFC championship game. I mean, this is, run has been insane. They could lose in the divisional round. They could have to play the Bills or something, and it just doesn't go their way. So it's going to be hard for the Bengals. But Burrow's excellent. He really is. Um, and I don't like their team. I don't like their overblown confidence. Like they haven't even won. They've never won a Super Bowl. I can't stand those guys. Um, but I just don't. I can't. I can't deny how good he is. He's really good. He's really really good. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it. You know, he had to adjust last year. Teams adjusted to him in, this, in a similar way that they adjusted to Mahomes. How does he handle those? adjustments on the adjustments on the adjustments sustained excellence in the NFL is so hard. I think he's a guy who can do it. And I think they have the talent around him to do it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how his career plays out. There'll be a, there'll be a time where, you know, he's going to get paid and they can't keep all the weapons around him. And he has to go through a season like Mahomes went through where he's got kind of a, a hodgepodge wide receiver group. Mahomes won the Super Bowl with that group. What is Joe Burrow going to do? We don't know. Um, Tom Hood says they talk a lot of crap for a team that has never won anything. Amen, Tom. They've never won shit. Uh, Sean says this has been uh, this has been fun mocking Patrick's threat list. Let's do this again sometime. I think this is a good list. Um, I think I, I think you guys you're thinking of it too much as power rankings and not as much of threat to the Chiefs teams the Chiefs could run into. Why 
what sort of what sort of position are they in? Um, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fascinating season. It really is. Uh, Jay Ward says people are sleeping on our defense. They'll be even better this year. Yeah, as we start to wrap things up here, I, I agree, Jay Ward. You know, they've invested so much in their defense, like a ton last year in the draft, a ton this year in the draft, bringing in free agents. Brett Veach is executing a plan here. Like he wants to have a really good defense and he's trusting Pat to elevate that offense. It is going to be fascinating to see if guys keep progressing year two of George Karloftis, another year of Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. Year two of Trent McDuffie. I mean, uh, the, the young safeties, like there's a lot of really interesting pieces. Now they've got Felix. I, if the Chiefs get a good defense, I always joke, like, can you imagine if the Chiefs had, like, the 49ers defense? Like, they'd never lose a game. They'd never lose a game with Mahomes. It's it's absolutely crazy. KCDC says, I have geographical bias that sees Cincinnati choking, surrounded by him. Yeah. And they got the Skyline Chili. Did you see Skyline became the official chili of the Bengals? I was making fun of them about that on Twitter. That stuff is dog food. Terrible. Um Sean says Jets, Jets, Jets as they finish last in their division. And look, I think it'd be hilarious if if the whole Jets and Aaron Rodgers thing is a complete disaster. I think it would be absolutely hilarious. But I've seen it go well before with Brady going to the Bucks. So you just got to sit back and see how it all plays out. But I'm sure you you all are sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. No, nobody should talk about anything other than Patrick Mahomes. That's the only thing we're talking about. Um, Brent says, hopefully we can start investing in our offense next draft. Yeah, man, but look, if they're right about Sky Moore and they're right about uh, Rice, they're starting to they're starting to build something there. But you're right. They're going to have to keep investing in the offense. Uh, it's, it's a game of whack-a-mole for Brett Veach, man. Like, he's got to fill needs. Guys get expensive. Travis Kelsey's getting older. Um, but I'm, I'm, ex- I'm super excited. Jet McKinnon's back. Great move by the Chiefs. Uh, and remember, this signing um, for the left tackle will not count against their compensatory formula because they waited long enough. So Matt Connor wrote about that today, about, wait, hey, is uh, was this all on the part of the plan? Like, did they know the whole time that they were going to make this signing, but they were waiting on purpose for that reason? I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but I'm sure that they probably had conversations and the Chiefs may- maybe – Maybe they had a framework in place, and the Chiefs said, "Hey, we want to see how the draft goes, uh, but we'll call you." And maybe, maybe that was his. The Chiefs were his first choice. Um, Tom says, "Very happy to see McKinnon back." Um, Sean says, "Let me ask this to everyone in the chat: Would you not only be willing to pay to go sit in a strange house in the dark for three days? I mean, you can't make this shit up. What is that about? I gotta, I gotta start reading these comments before I start reading them out loud." Would you not only be willing to pay to go sit in a strange house and oh oh the Aaron Rodgers thing, he in the in the that's what he means I think the Hobbit hole, um yeah he's weird he's a weird dude he's a strange dude uh whatever to each their own Ronald says he's bullish on Sky Moore, um, Brent says Donovan holds a lot though yeah, and we're gonna have to worry about it like that's the penalty thing, it scares me the most um uh but we'll see how it goes we got a long way to go. Uh, Tom Hood says Steve Smith thinks Sky Moore is going to be special. He would know. He would know. He was the guy that was on Cooper Cup, right? He was like really big on Cooper Cup and people were making fun of him. Um, yeah, man, Sky Moore takes the jump this year. 
and, and, and everybody stays healthy, you're, you're in good shape. All right, everybody. It is five o'clock somewhere and it is five o'clock here in Chicago. I am going on vacation. You guys have been great. This has been a great show. Going solo is not easy. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, we're going to have lots of good guests coming up when I get back from, uh, from vacation. But I just want to say, because this is for me, this is kind of the end of the season officially and the start of the, the new season. Um, you guys have been great all year, all year long, liking our YouTube videos, supporting us, reaching out to our sponsors on Twitter. You've been absolutely fantastic. This has been such a wonderful and gratifying year of doing this podcast. I love you guys. I love Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting some sun and just relaxing and just reliving the Super Bowl over and over and over again um, and drinking a lot of tequila. So I will see you guys. I will be back. Um, God, when is it? Let me pull up the calendar. I'll be back on May 18th. May 18th, I'll be back. But don't worry, Sterling, Adam Best, Matt Connor, they'll all be here holding it down for you. We got a couple. I got a, I got a, a potential interview coming up. It might not be with me because he might be on next week. But one of the Chiefs draft picks is maybe going to be on the podcast next week. Somebody we talked about a bit on this show. So make sure you tune in. It could be on uh, the Tuesday show, the Wednesday show. I don't know. Maybe even the Thursday show, whoever the hell is going to host that. It ain't going to be me. Um, uh, so uh, Sean says Isla Mujeres. I'm telling you, uh, I've been to Isla Mujeres. I'm staying near Isla Mujeres, uh, just across from there. Love Isla Mujeres, the island of women for all you Spanish speakers out there. Um, Swiss Swiss uh, says, uh, enjoy the vacation. You deserve it. Have fun. We'll do, guys. All right. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go crack one open. Uh, appreciate you all. Yeah, that's a good teaser. That's I, how we keep you guys coming back. Uh, special shout out to producer Richard for holding it down for me today. I will see you guys in a couple weeks. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.